Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. It's a new year. Happy 2022 to you and your family, along with Brendan Tobin down in Miami, Sean Levine in Kansas City, and the fights never stop. That's the best thing about the calendar. For some sports, the season ends for fighting. It continues. We got boxing tonight. We got UFC coming up in a couple of weeks. We had another UFC main event coming up the week after that. And then we kind of got a crossover thing going on right now. Brendan Tobin down in Miami. So... I never give gifts for New Year's Eve. That seems like something ridiculous to do coming right off of Christmas, right? But apparently Jake Paul thinks that he gave a Christmas present to Dana White. What the hell is he talking about? Oh, man, this is just like it's it's the the beef that never stops. It's just Jake Paul is infusing himself in every fight storyline. And so uh, him and Dana What's White. giving him? So he's giving Dana White now an offer for him to fight in the UFC. Basically, he comes out today with this statement because Dana White came on to a uh, podcast with Teddy Atlas and was basically saying, I want to, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you to test me for cocaine for 10 years. If you allow me to test you for steroids for two, why Dana White would care if he's using steroids? I don't know. But then uh, Jake Paul comes out today on Twitter with basically his his list of demands if he were to come over to the UFC. And so he tweets out, Happy New Year, Dana White. Here's a real challenge for you. I will immediately retire from boxing to fight Jorge Masvidal in the UFC if you agree to the following. One, increase minimum fighter pay to 50K. It's currently 12K, he writes. Uh, guarantee UFC fighters 50% of the UFC annual revenues. Provide long-term health care to all fighters. You previously said that brain damage is part of the gig. Imagine if the NFL said that. There are many UFC alums who have publicly said they are suffering from brain damage. You have five days to accept and implement the above by March 31st, 2022. Once implemented, I will immediately retire from boxing, enter USADA, their drug testing program, and agree to a one-fight deal with the UFC to fight weak chin Jorge Masvidal. And then he uh, he writes uh, a little uh, little message to the UFC fighters. But that's his, that th- 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 those are his uh, his stakes, Sean. That's what he considers a gift to Dana White. All right, first of all, since it's a number show. What are the odds that this would ever actually come to fruition? One in a trillion? Well, I don't think that he's ever going to get the UFC to change their pay. But the interesting thing here to me is it does kind of open the window to say, hey, maybe I would fight UFC. Maybe if, if, the, if the terms were right, if the terms were under 
you know, if you just lined him up perfectly, maybe he would cross over into the octagon. And I do think that's something that Dana White can't turn down. So while I don't think that Dana White's going to, you know, change over their entire financial formula of what they've been doing for years, if Jake Paul is kind of opening the door to say, hey, I would step into an octagon to fight Jorge Masvidal, all it takes is that window. We saw this with, with, uh, with, with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. All it takes is that little window. And then maybe all of a sudden we're talking about Jake Paul fighting in MMA. But that was different because that was boxing. So that was his cash cow talking about Conor McGregor going over to another sport and they kind of share the revenue. This would be inviting Jake Paul into his backyard, into his octagon. What would be the chances of that actually happening? Because I'm not saying there's a beef. I know this is media fabricated stuff oftentimes, but I, I don't know that he would welcome Jake Paul with open arms that easily, but he could definitely make a ton of money off of it. Well, listen, the guy that's let CM Punk have two, two fights in the UFC. Touche. Like, you can't oh like I I get it like I love the UFC because we usually get the more credible matchups it does it better than boxing we usually see the fights that we want to see but they've done wacky stuff also you know they've had Kimbo Slice come on to the Ultimate Fighter they've had CM Punk you know uh, it, it's it, it's not something that they've they've completely dismissed all the time so could I you know completely say oh no shot Jake Paul fights in the UFC. No, I don't. I think, I think, I think the window's there now, man. I think, I think Sean, like, and especially if you have Masvidal now going to Dana and be like, Hey man, this guy wants to fight me. I want to be, I want a piece of that pay-per-view. I want to be in on that fight. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think the thing that really Dana White's going to have to put aside is, you know, this guy's, this guy who's been bashing you in the media, do you want to become partners with him? Uh, and that's, that's, that's the interesting part of it. Who wouldn't watch, though? Like, we can all say that, oh, it's Jake Paul, and he's the Disney kid. I want him to get his knocked out or whatever. But when it comes down to it, and you can talk about the pay-per-view numbers, and I think that a lot of people would be very interested in that crossover. Let's stay in the octagon here for a minute because there's a lot of stuff going on. Then we'll talk about, a, then we'll talk about BT, a couple of heavyweight fights that we got going on tonight. By the way, it's tapped out here, the first edition in 2022 here on the BetQL Network. Appreciate you guys watching us on the Twitch app. Of course, Odyssey app, then we'll podcast this as soon as we're done. Speaking of the UFC, a lot of the year-end awards came out, and I saw that Michael Chandler said that he thinks Charles Oliveira should be the 2021 Fighter of the Year. That makes a lot of sense that he would say that. Usman's the guy that most uh, of the outlets ended up giving that award to, and I think he's the right guy to. Nothing against the year that Charles Oliveira had. It was incredible, and it was rather unexpected. But in the case of Usman, you're talking about a guy that beat Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal, and Colby Covington. I mean, that has to be the fight of the year, right? Yeah, I, I was actually happy to see that a lot of those publications did give uh, Usman that rub because I kind of felt like it was going to go underrated. Like, man, the guy did go 3-0. and and not only like was fighter of the year, but arguably had the knockout of the year against Masvidal. Masvidal never been knocked out, and look what he did to him. Uh, I, I saw that cage side that that was crazy. That you never saw such a stunned crowd because that Jacksonville crowd very very pro Masvidal. A lot of the uh, the Miami Bros, you know, traveling up to to go watch that one live, and uh, they saw their guy take a take quite the butt kicking. And did you get any of the spittle? Did you get any of the spittle since you were cage side? Like, because I wouldn't watch the shirt. I uh I didn't get the spittle, but I definitely saw it all flying off. Like it was like, you know, and 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 whatever kind of K you want to put in 12K, that's how like clear it was with that shot. It right. was it was gnarly. But uh, but yeah, I agree. I think Usman's the guy. Three and oh, he's uh he's you know uh, been an incredible champion. But I do think that Oliveira's had a hell of a year. Like he's got 
He's got an argument. I just think that Usman's got the better one. Female fighter of the year has to be Rose, right? I mean, she did take care of Zhang Wei Li not once but twice. She did, although, like, can we give it to, like, you know, if, if you have the upset of the year, which I think Pena definitely gets that award, doesn't, oh, she, doesn't she automatically slide in there? Doesn't she overtake everybody? I don't know about that. I mean, she did beat the GOAT. It is one of the most unexpected fights that probably the, the, the promotion has ever seen. Was that better than beating Zhang Wei Li, who had won 20 straight fights two times in a calendar year? I don't know. I think it's Rose. As far as the fight of the year, I've heard some people say it was something other than Gaethje Chandler. And what I would say is that those people are insane. I know there are a lot of good fights. It was There are probably four or five you could argue for, but to me it was Gaethje Chandler. I don't disagree with you. Uh, you know, some talk about maybe Volkanovski or Tega because of the stakes, but that had heavy stakes too, because those guys were basically fighting for, you know, probably next in line for the title. So, you know, in a lot of ways, that's, that, that's huge too. I, I agree with you. I think that one definitely is a fight of the year for 2021. I almost feel guilty though, be not bringing up Max Holloway because he was in two. I don't like calling anything when it comes to sports wars, but bro, that's like gotta be the best way to describe what those fights were. Either the cater fight or the uh, or when Max took on Yair, like those, th you could probably give either one of those a fight of the year in any other year, but this one. Yeah, it's impossible for Max Holloway to be in a boring fight. Like it's almost like when you, whatever, whatever the the dates are, when you see Max Holloway is going to be signed up for, those are probably going to be fight of the year candidates every single time because he doesn't he doesn't find it capable of being in a boring fight. He loves that action. He throws so many punches. Breakthrough Friday, fight of the year. Everybody gave it to Cyril Gaon. That seems pretty obvious. Now that we're, what, a month and change away from the Gaon heavyweight fight, taking on Francis and Ganu, and we're finally going to get that thing unified. Which way are you leaning right now? Because I keep going back and forth. It's so interesting because it feels like the, the drama outside of this fight has been so heavy, and yet these guys aren't talking too much smack amongst each other. But, like, you think about the contractual disputes with Francis. Francis is kind of talking about his contract. He's talking about wanting to box Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. It's like, well, man, you just became heavyweight champ. I want to see him against John Jones. I want to see this monster be like the face of the heavyweight division. And he already feels like he has a foot out the door because he doesn't feel like his star power can be at its peak in the UFC, which I don't think is true. I think he could be a monster star with the UFC. Um, and then you have Cyril Ghosn, who's just kind of like taking the opportunities and riding with it. Like, okay, couldn't come to an agreement on when you want to do your, your, your fight date. Well, I didn't agree with them putting an interim title up so quickly. He took advantage of it. Great performance against Derek Lewis. And now he's in this spot and you have the whole, they were former teammates, training footage, getting leaked, all that type of stuff. So I still am leaning Francis Ngannou because I still think he's scary as hell and he's taken out grapplers before and guys who are well-rounded, and I just think it's different going from sparring to the bright lights, and you got to face that monster. I think he's overcome a lot from the early the early struggles that he's had. But look, Gon Gon's no punk. He's definitely got he's definitely got the tools to get it done. But I I I'm I'm not at a point right now where I want to bet against Francis. I haven't looked forward to a heavyweight fight in a long time like this one because it could definitely go either way. Let's stick with the big boys. Let's get out of the octagon and get into the ring where tonight in Hollywood, Florida, right in your backyard, BT, Luis Ortiz, uh, King Kong takes on Charles Martin. Martin's a plus 250. You can get Luis Ortiz right now at around minus 360. So coming in as a big favorite, what are the chances that Martin can actually pull off the upset tonight? I think it's okay. I, I, I definitely think he has a shot, and here's why. Luis Ortiz is old. <laughs> like 
He he was old when he was taking on Deontay Wilder. Now he's old, old. And you're not talking about a fight that has quite the stakes they did when he was knocking on the doorstep of becoming world heavyweight champion. That's not to say that he's overlooking Charles Martin. It's just to say, hey, father time catches up with everybody. And you have two guys here who are southpaws, long reach, and a lot of the times that's their advantage going into fights. Hey, you're going to have the weirdness of going up against me. I'm a lefty. I'm lanky. It's going to be tough to go against me. Now you have two lanky lefties going up against each other. Um, so could Charles Martin take advantage of that? If, if Luis Ortiz is over the hill, if he, if he goes, I think we're going to know that probably in the midst of this, because it's tough to tell with that. But, you know, in my mind, Luis Ortiz is the better fighter. Like he just has the, he's the better, he's got the better skills, has the better resume, scarier dude, but he's old. And that, and that has to be accounted for in a, in a fight like this. Well, yeah, he's old, but what am I missing? I mean, so last time out looked pretty good. The time before that, or might have been two time, two fights before that, he basically dominated Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Like Deontay Wilder would, unless Deontay Wilder throws that punch, then Deontay Wilder doesn't win that fight. And then we're talking right. about a completely different, probably path for both these guys. So I agree with you. He's old, but I feel like King Kong's one of those guys that he he doesn't act his age, if you know what I mean. I, I definitely agree with you. He's been a, he's a wonder, you know, these Cubans, like he started his pro career at 30 and it's kind of weird. It's full circle. His first pro fight was really? at the hard rock. His first pro fight was at first five pro fights were at the hard rock. And now he's fighting tonight at the hard rock. So that's a little full circle moment for you. I'm sure he's going to have the Cuban fan base there coming up from uh, Hialeah and little Havana there to support him. So he'll have that edge. Honestly, you know, the one thing that's kind of tasty to me is that he's a plus 420 to just win a decision. And it feels like this is one of those things in boxing where if Martin can withstand the storm, if he doesn't get put away, every punch that Luis Ortiz is going to throw is going to have a raucous reaction. And that'll probably sway judges. And I feel like that is uh, that could be uh, a little bit, you know, tastier. People do want to put some money on Ortiz, but, you know, don't like his number right now at plus at minus 360. You know, if you feel the nod of him winning a decision, all right, maybe you go in that direction. Well, sometimes it's not about who you've beat, but who's beat you, you know? And if you think about it, like I was talking about, so Ortiz lost to Deontay Wilder. Well, pretty much everybody loses to, to Deontay Wilder. Prince Charles lost to uh, Anthony Joshua. So yep. it's kind of tough to say, well, you know, this guy has lost a couple of two out of his last four fights, whatever it is. One of those was against Anthony Joshua. Come on. Yeah, the, the, these guys are, they, they are, they've gotten nearly to the mountaintop. They just haven't, they haven't, you know, stuck their flag there and become champion. Um, it's oh. interesting for both of these guys. If they win this fight, if they have a signature moment, will that be enough for the people to really consider them contenders? I don't know. I, I don't know if either one of them. I think it has to be something pretty highlight reel to get people really buzzing about that. But they're both very they're both very quality heavyweights. They're just they just haven't been the absolute tops. This whole card is heavy on the heavyweights, BT. Did you see it? There's like five or six different heavyweight fights, including the Frank Chance, uh, Sanchez, Christian Hammer fight. And before the show, you were waxing poetic about the minus 3,000 Frank Sanchez saying he might be the next big thing. That's the guy. Yeah, he just won this fight against Effie Ajagba on the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three card. And PBC did another thing like this where they did all heavyweights. This has become one of their theme nights where they like putting the big boys up against each other. And I think Jogbo was going into that one. People were thinking he was probably going to be the slight favorite in that one. But you had two guys in their 20s undefeated face each other, which is something we don't get enough of in boxing. And Frank Sanchez got the better of him. He looked fantastic in that matchup. Um, also a guy from down here. But here's the interesting thing. Doesn't train out of here, which is an odd thing for a Cuban fighter. He actually trains with Canelo Alvarez. He trains in that, in that Eddie Reynoso camp. And 
you know, he's I, that's a, that's the thing that's that's you know kind of cool is he has that that uh, that rub of Canelo being there supporting him. You know, people oh look, Canelo's backing this guy. Could he maybe find his way into the title picture? I think if there's a guy more likely to kind of get the buzz of maybe being that next contender, Frank Sanchez is your guy tonight. Some news out of Eagle FC also. Kevin Lee has his first opponent, and it's going to be Diego Sanchez, 40-year-old. You want to talk about old BT, Diego Sanchez. Speaking of that new promotion or promotion new to the United States, Eagle FC coming up next, uh, Gabriel Checo is going to be taking on Sugar Rashad Evans. What a way to bring it to the United States. Sugar Rashad taking on Gabriel Checo, and he joins us coming up next right here on Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. You're locked in. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.